0: Okay. Well, welcome to. <laughs> uh, so we're completely on the air. We I didn't hear music or anything.
1: It was really faint, but we're on. Uh,
0: okay. Well, let's see. Make sure that my volume's up. I hope everybody can hear us okay. We're on uh, Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the kingdom of God today. And... Uh, We may have some guests coming in here in the uh, studio. They're parking outside. uh, But we're talking about remembrance. Uh, We talked about it on the blog talk this morning, and we'll be talking about it again on another radio station this afternoon. If you are not on the Living Network, uh, you may not know uh, all the things that are going on. We're also having a fall festival this year that we're starting to plan and are now already so that it will be as big a fall festival as we've ever had. And hopefully we will draw people from all over the area and even all over the country. We've got a lot of room and it'll take a lot of work to make it happen, but uh, we got room for 50,000 uh, and then some. So we just have to start building in that direction because a network needs to be renewed at least three times a year in order to keep everybody organized, and you have to do the organizing yourself in a free government. You can't wait and just elect some guy and then come back in four years and reelect some other guy. Uh, if you do that, you'll end up with corruption and abuse and power centralized and good men like Saul will become bad men like Saul. So, uh... Uh... Anyway, uh, they're, we're getting people entering this studio now. <laughs> A couple of Montnudeo's, uh, Nitsan and Darren, are out here building yurts. And, uh they're taking the Sabbath off and watching me work so <laughs> he's uh, one of our contact ministers he actually was originally uh, in New York but now he's come out here he's a contact minister in California uh, Darren has a very interesting background we won't go into that whole history but he's uh, become a little interested in uh, some of the things that we're doing and he uh, seems to be a pretty good guy Uh but i won't embarrass him with any more than that i, I don't really know him well enough he, he could be he could be an absolute wacko but he's spent some time with the amish uh has a lot of knowledge uh about them and uh, some of the things that they have a lot of knowledge about that most people in america wouldn't have a clue about and uh that's uh a little bit of his background but anyway they they're working hard making yurts for uh Richard, and uh, maybe later in the year we'll be making some big yurts for that fall festival that we're having, which we're equating with a kind of a title of Bernie Bush uh, Festival because there's a festival out here in Oregon, or actually it's in northern Nevada called the Burning Man, and it's a symbol of extreme decadence in the world today, and uh, they pull in 50,000 people every year to pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to come out there and uh, indulge in extreme decadence and immorality. And uh, you can find out about them on the Internet easily enough just by looking at Bernie Man. But we said, well, we should have a Bernie Bush festival that's more in the tradition of Moses and Jesus Christ. Because early Christians had festivals. They had gatherings. And as I was talking earlier on blog talk about Malachi 3, talks about those that God blessed. And they blessed them because they feared the Lord and spake to one another. They communicated with one another. And of course, you can't love your neighbor if you never ever talk to him. you never ever check on him. you never ever find out anything about him. And so, this is why. By the nature of the kingdom, it is a network. It's the network of people that actually take time to care about their neighbors, to care about one another, to speak with one another, to see how they're doing. And we will always use that, how you doing, uh, in our uh, greetings with people. Uh, but do we really care how they're doing? Uh, we have stock hands, oh, yeah, I'm doing okay. And you're actually, your whole life is falling apart, and you, you just say that because you didn't really think they wanted to know how you were doing. <laughs> it just becomes a habit, a question that we throw out there. But the kingdom of heaven is not just a habit, it is a passion. It is that you have to love your neighbor as yourself. Or you haven't accepted Jesus. You haven't accepted the Lord your God. Because that's what His will is. And if you've accepted Him, your will should manifest His will. If you've just accepted Him in your head, then you'll be all over the place. You'll be like, you know, to gather you together, be like herding cats. And I used that analogy, and somebody said, well, catch isn't so hard if you have a can of tuna. And we joked about that when somebody brought that up. Well, the thing is, is that if you have to have a can of tuna in order to keep the people together, then you're operating a welfare state. You're offering them free tuna if they'll follow you. And that is an enticement that we can't offer we We don't offer that. we give you the offer of the opportunity of loving your neighbor as yourself. That's what the kingdom's all about. If you, you, the kingdom is a pure republic, the leaders are titular. they exercise no authority one over the other, and the individual is free from things public. His status under God is not compromised in any way, shape or form. He has not worked with any right except the right of the offerings he makes to help out other people. He never gives up his right to choose to another man. He never uh, walks or puts anything between himself and God. He follows the uh, the ways of God uh, in everything that he does and everything that he uh, seeks to do. And that's the kingdom of God. And when you get hundreds, thousands of people together who have that in their heart, they don't want to rule over your mind. They don't want to control your thinking. They don't want to uh, strap you into a harness. They don't want to uh, take away or muzzle you in any way whatsoever. They they want you to have that relationship with God too, and then willing to walk with you and forgive you and. Be patient with you as you learn to walk that way. And if you don't want to walk that way, you'll end up partying rather quickly. Because they will also rebuke you. They'll also say, hey, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that. You know, um, how do we... do we, we talked about dress codes last night in a conversation. How do you impose a dress code on uh, a community? You know, one of the things that and they just recently, and, uh, they broke the world Guinness, Guinness Book of World Records uh, for the number of people taken in a single photograph that were naked. And uh, this is the kind of stuff that goes on that Burning Man. And uh, of course, at our fall festival, nobody's going to be walking around naked. That won't be permitted. Uh, it won't be allowed. And uh, so, but there are many levels of nakedness. <laughs> so, how do we uh, how do we regulate that? Uh, what is modest garb? Uh, you know how, how is the one retreat I went to almost every uh, lady there had long dresses and were very personable and very outgoing. They weren't they didn't seem to be an oppressed minority women in any way shape or form. Uh, they could part in activities and. Uh, took part in the celebration of a fall festival as much as anybody else, but they were very modestly dressed. Uh, do we create a dress code which requires everybody to dress the same way or a certain way? Well, code is in our hearts. That's where it's written. And I can tell you this, when people start living and moving in the direction of God, you will see a uniformity in activities. People who uh, are Embarrassed, you know. I can tell you a story. When I was a young man, before I got married, I worked in a place that was about a hundred girls, and uh, most of these. Uh, there was a couple guys, and most of these girls was in a modeling home. Most of these girls were young girls, and uh, they all had to wear uniforms. And a lot of them bought those uniforms when they were probably four or five inches shorter. And uh, it was in the days. Of, this is way back in the sixties, early seventies. And uh, some of those dresses were pretty darn short. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and they would come into the kitchen where I was the cook, and they would uh, be getting things to go up to the floors to the different patients. And I just simply pointed out, I said, you know, that dress is a little too short. And, you know, and I did it with love. I did it with patience. I didn't do it with anger or resentment or anything. I just kind of pointed it out. And you know, the next time that girl came in, she had, an outfit that went all the way to the floor, <laughs> and uh, we got along. Oh, we were good friends. Uh, she accepted that rebuke because it was in love. It wasn't in condescension. It wasn't in manipulation. It wasn't to control her actions. It was just to bring her aware of the fact that, you know, this was not acceptable in my heart. You know, there wasn't any law. I couldn't make any rules. She didn't work under me. She wasn't under my authority. But the mere seeing this problem and speaking to her heart, she changed. And I can give you dozens of instances where that was actually taking place. I've seen this before when I was growing up, that a single person come into a situation with the character of Christ. The whole Area, the whole room, the whole uh, congregation of people begins to change. Uh, And some will not want to change, but they will disappear. They will go away. They will be uncomfortable in the presence of righteousness because they're not really seeking righteousness. A person is seeking self-righteousness, and this is what I often see with many ministers today, is that they they become ministers because they want to be looked up to. They don't necessarily, they may have some purity in their hearts, but they also have this desire to be over other people, to be looked up to. And, uh, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, the these guys who pray openly and, and, and with great uh, demonstration uh, of, you know, their whole etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, obviously, we can see in some people when that's very obvious, but sometimes it's very subtle. And many ministers want to be looked up to. They want to be accepted. They want to be accepted as an authority. And that's not a good motivation. That's a very dangerous motivation. And couple that with a congregation that wants to put somebody up on a pedestal, you have a recipe for disaster in that congregation. Because that minister will become controlling by their apathy. By there, There is nobody we want on any pedestal but God. We don't want to put any man over another man. The way the kingdom works is that you're looking for the highest servants in your congregation to be your minister. And it is not necessarily the one that wants to occupy uh, uh, hours and hours of uh, uh, your time by simply talking at you, which is what we're doing here. (laughs) uh, We have a telephone number uh, that you can call if you have a question. Uh, There's also a chat room that uh, we have that uh, you can voice questions in and then Paul will relay them to me. And uh, 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 you... uh, you can uh, get on to that chat room. I'm going to ask Paul, can you give us the particulars on that, Paul?
1: On the chat room? Yeah, you can go to LibertyRadioLive.com, La- Liberty and up at the top there's a button for uh, chat room, where there used to be. Um, you can, If you want to get there directly, the website is okay, uh, w- you N- know,
0: I can barely hear you, Paul. I'm wondering, is that my system here?
1: I don't know. Can you hear me now?
0: Uh, if it... Anybody out there is on the chat room, and are you have are you able to hear us clearly? Uh, are we having sound difficulties there? So let us know. Give us some feedback on that subject.
1: Yeah, the chat room, says that they can uh, hear us.
0: We'll see if uh,
1: I guess you just can't hear me.
0: Could you hear Paul as well as you can hear me? And can you hear me as well as you need to hear? So let us know the answer to those questions. Uh, anyway. Uh, we're, uh, we're talking today about remembrance, and uh, we, uh, we're quoting from Malachi about the fact that God would bless these people that served Him. And these uh, uh, people who loved the Lord, or feared the Lord, respected the Lord, and spake to one another. And that was Deuteronomy 3.16. And we we read down to, Then shall ye return and discern between righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Now, how do we know who is the righteous and who is the wicked? Uh, We know because of the fact that uh, uh, we read it in the Bible. Is that how we know? Could we misinterpret the words of the Bible? Could we be confused about that? Well, we certainly must be able to be confused about that because there are are millions of people reading the Bible and they all have agreements about what it actually says. People say, well, the Bible interprets the Bible. Well, that's true to some degree, but words are finite. Uh, They are are easily misinterpreted and uh, people have... It can be very confusing if you want to use the Bible as a source of knowledge. The Bible is made out of paper, and paper is comes from trees. And the Bible is a book of knowledge. And you can't understand the Bible simply by reading the Bible. You can only understand the Bible if you eat from the tree of life. This is what Christ is building his church on. And this is what our series of The Rock that you can you can uh, listen to online. The Rock is the divine revelation of God in our hearts and in our minds. This is the covenant that He will reveal to each of us in our hearts and in our minds. If we really move in His direction and turn our face in His direction and hearken and hear the Lord in our hearts, in our minds. This is the remembrance that we need to make, is that we need to make that communion with God himself, one-on-one. Now, the Bible is a great guidepost. The Ten Commandments, that's actually what it means. They're guideposts. They're laws. They're built in with automatic repercussion if you violate them. But how do you know if you're violating them? How do you know if you're straying from the path? Well, we have the Ten Commandments. Are you coveting your neighbor's goods? Are you creating legal systems whereby you can covet your neighbor's goods, and uh, you know elect men who will take more from your neighbors so that you will have enough? Or are you in a system that's based on hope church? And if you have a need, you go to church, and those brothers who are at church share with you. You see, because if if it's the former, you're not a follower of Christ. You're not a follower of John the Baptist. You have not received the baptism of John the Baptist or Christ because you're still coveting your neighbor's good. You're still not keeping the commandments. And therefore, you don't have eternal life. And you are not covered in the blood. You need to repent and get baptized. Not just get baptized. Repent of what? Repent of all these things that men have done from time to time. Immemorial, And that's what I'm putting you in remembrance of. You are not to go back into the bondage of Egypt. You're not to elect men who could do anything to return you to the bondage of Egypt. We are not to make covenants with them or with their gods. But yet, the churches, because of the minister's ignorance, lack of knowledge, they have led you back into that bondage. So we have to turn around and go the other way if we want to be by the blood of Jesus Christ. For behold, the day cometh that ye shall burn an oven. And you shall be like the stubble and burned up in that process. But unto you that fear and ask the son of righteousness. Now, it's interesting that the word there for son is Shen, the son of righteousness, arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. I, I I see. this got his Bible open. I guess you're in Malachi would be in four now, chapter uh, four, verse one. And two, verse 2, it says S-U-N in your Bible, right? I mean, when I first saw that, I I thought, is that a typo? (laughs) Because you would think it would be S-O-N, the Son of Righteousness. But it actually says, the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. I thought that was extremely interesting that that was there, like, that. There are things that are taking place in the universe today where the sun is going under extreme changes for the last 30, 40 years. The earth is under extreme changes taking place that are actually measurable by science. And they're they're scratching their heads trying to figure out what's going on. Human resonance is changing. I recently uh, was uh, looking at some DVDs that I'll share with these uh, Uh, Young fellows that are with us, uh, so that they can watch them in the evenings after work and maybe day on grounding, or what they also call earthing, uh, is that people that you can change the electrical frequency of your body by simply walking barefooted on the earth, Uh, and the change is measurable, instantaneously measurable, and it can lead to better and better health and this idea of constantly being insulated from the earth can actually create difficult, uh, d- difficulties and problems in your health. Uh, being constantly bombarded by electromagnetic fields, which are all around us in computers and high power lines, etc. We know that that is having an effect on us, but people are kind of turning a blind eye to it. But more and more evidence is coming that this is actually creating problems, especially in pregnant women. Uh, This rise in autism is just phenomenal. Uh, We're talking uh, not uh, 10% more, uh, 50% more, but thousands of percent more cases are are appearing. Where is this coming from? Is it uh, pollutants in the atmosphere? And are those pollutants also including the electromagnetic uh, uh, pollution that is around us? This is all, if we really want to love our neighbors, We will take the time to look into these things. But the events on the sun are changing the human resonance of the earth itself. And it talks about a a sun of righteousness arising with healing in these wings, or whatever you want to call it, that come out from the sun, that come to the earth and actually are making changes upon the earth. The problem is, is that as these changes take place, if you do not have righteousness in you, uh, this may have a detrimental effect. Now, the metaphysics of this we won't go into on the, on the radio. The spirituality of it we won't go into on the radio. That's what we call campfire talks. And the, the reason why is because if I talked about all the spiritual realities that are taking place in the universe today, People who take that information and create a religion. That's not I should not be the source of your faith and religion. It's that inner communion between you and God Himself. He is right of your mind. All right, this is the rock. Blessed are you, Simon, because you know this not.
1: Fight the fight. We are here to equip you you love the truth LibertyRadioLive.com The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you the listener on this First Amendment rights media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you. Do all to the glory of our God and Creator, for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening.
2: Now, listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have Get this DVD for a donation of $25
1: from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Welcome back to Keys of the King
0: Now are having all kinds of technical difficulties today, uh, but we're getting them straightened out one at a time. (laughs) So anyway, uh, uh, we were talking about remembrance, and we'll get more back on that subject here uh, as we go and deal with some of the uh, concepts that are forgotten in the modern church and are not being attended to. And again, I want to remind everybody to go to hisholychurch.org and sign up for the Living Network. Make living connections with one another, uh, where you can actually connect, help one another. And if you uh, you're doing that because you a- actually uh, love one another, and you'll want to do that. Now it looks like we have a caller calling in here. Caller, can you hear me?
3: Yes, hi brother Gregory this is I Isabel. think you're pl- This is Isabel out in New York.
2: Hi, hello.
3: Hi. Hello. Nice and- can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I can
0: hear you. Uh make sure Yeah, make sure your radio is turned down.
3: Yeah, it's it's off. And I can hear you. Okay. Oh. well, Okay. I have a question for you. I hope you're nice and warm right now. Yeah, um, I'm warm in here today. Okay, good. Um, well, I don't know if you heard but we did start the first women's call in conference group this week. And um we Yes I did.
2: I got a full report.
3: Okay. So yeah, there's gonna be a little bit of a lag here. Go ahead. Okay, so we decided to continue this it so was an interest and Um, So we're we're going to talk again next week, and one of the topics that we're going to talk about is the role of women in the building of the kingdom. And I was just wondering, a lot of the women that called in are not married, and I was just wondering if you could refer me to any of your articles or your books that might specifically talk about the role of women who are the head of their households, or if there's anything specific about that.
0: Yeah, there's nothing in any of the books that I have that is specifically addressing that. I've addressed this in in talks and uh, conferences that we've had in the past. Uh, it, It is really, you know, the family unit in the kingdom is not just husband and wife. It's grandfather and his sons. And his unmarried daughters and their uh you know the sons of his sons, etc that's a family unit a family we have a tendency to think of the family unit as uh uh like Dick and jane father mother uh and a couple of kids but family unit is is the whole extended family, and uh, when that unit breaks down. That's what a congregation is there for, to help be that family when the, a person's own family breaks down and uh, either for uh, a myriad of reasons. I know there was at least one married woman on that call because she had my phone and she had called in, which was my daughter. And uh, right. and the fact, the fact is, I think the 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 women especially unmarried young, young girls should be connected with their own parents uh, their own father still if they if that's not possible, then they should be connected with uh, through another woman who is married and her husband uh, you know this is always a problem there this is why the this whole tradition of covering of women. Is uh, so important. Uh, a lot of people think it has to do with putting a hat on their head, but that's just a symbol of the covering of a family, a stable family with husband and wife and grandfathers and uncles, etc. And uh, some people never get married, they never have a family of their own. And I remember back in my family tree, uh, my when my dad was a young man, there was his. but she played an essential role in the raising of those children. And those children played an essential role when she became an older woman and cared for her. In a society of families, that's very important. If, If your family unit breaks down, you need to attach yourself to another family unit. The attachment is through love and caring for one another. But... Uh, participating in helping that family. If uh, a woman's husband dies or if he leaves her or whatever and uh, uh, there are other young families in the congregation that maybe their parents have already died, then they could become a surrogate grandmother or surrogate aunt to that family. And you begin to develop that respect for one another and the assistance and the coveture. hello okay I think we're back we had some kind of a crash in the system again but we're back on air I believe uh, and uh, we'll go back to talking about remembrance okay uh, we <laughs> I think I. if that's Paul calling in uh, I'm back on air I believe yeah uh, so anyway, the technical difficulties, but we're overcoming them one at a time. <laughs> but unto you that fear my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves. Yeah, I, I've connected kind directly. Of... Uh, so anyway but unto you that fear my name the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings uh, this is and I was talking briefly about this one we were disconnected before so I don't know if I'll repeat all that again Uh but basically, there's changes taking place in the universe. There were changes taking place in the sun at the time of Jesus Christ. As I told people before, there were auroras reported all the way down in Rome that were so bright, you could actually read print in the dark streets at night in Rome. That's how bright the auroras were. That meant that the sun was in extreme period of activity at that time. They had never seen anything quite like that. Had anything like that occurred today, you would probably have power outages through most of Europe, uh, but those are the kinds of changes that will take place universally. Everything in the universe has a spiritual counterpart that has brought it into this physical realm that we live in. We have fallen to the physical realm, now we need to return to the spiritual realm And the physical realm at the same time. This is worshiping God in spirit and truth. This is what the metaphysical, uh, spiritual aspect of the kingdom is all about. So, how do we get there? We people don't even know how to walk in. Spirit, how to live in the Spirit. And we need to move in that direction. It's one of the ways to move in that direction is to look at what we're doing physically and see if it lines up with what we should be doing if we were really walking in the Spirit. And this is what the Bible is telling us. The Ten Commandments are telling us that if you're cutting your neighbor's goods, you're not walking in the Spirit because that isn't the Spirit of God. If you're killing people, if you uh, you find a lie cheap, if you're uh, committing abortions, if you're financing abortions on a regular basis, if you're invading countries and killing people by the thousands and tens of thousands, if you're polluting the environment so that people are becoming sick, if you're creating food products that are not uh, providing for the ultimate health of the people, we are actually making the people ill, uh, this is not the spirit. You are, you are violating the Ten Commandments. If you're committing adultery, if you if you bearing false witness, if you say, yes, I will do this, but then you do not do it, that is not of God. That is not of the Spirit of God, and you are not walking in the Spirit. You need to be making your yeses yes and your noes no, and that is evidence that you might be walking in the Spirit. It's not a foregone conclusion, but it is pretty much a conclusion that you're not walking in the Spirit if you are bearing false witness, if you're saying you would do one thing and you do another, if you are uh, violating your vows to your wife and your to your husband, if you are not keeping your word, if you are coveting your neighbor's goods, if you are causing injury to your neighbors, if you are not if you're making covenants with other men to give them power over you so that you can have benefits, you're selling your soul for those benefits, your rights to choose. These are evidence that you're not walking in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you knew all these laws and you memorized all these laws and you tried to keep them with your own will, then that doesn't mean you're walking in the Spirit either. That's a vain pursuit. Now, seeking the kingdom means to seek the righteousness of God, that spirit of righteousness, and the Bible is showing us when we're stepping out of that, but it doesn't guarantee by studying the Bible that you will walk according to righteousness. That is what you have to work out with fear and trembling. That is a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, which Christ has sent as our comforter, as our adversary. And so, anyway, the opportunities of doing that are presented in a network where people are trying to love one another because you will get the rebuke from one another that is a proper rebuke of God if you're seeking righteousness. You will be seeking those other people seeking righteousness and birds of a feather will flock together. His sheep hear His voice and they come together. So that's what we want to be doing is coming together and and as Israel from New York was asking a little while ago this idea of coming together in righteousness and uh, uh, and congregations allows for a buffer in our lives that it should be naturally created by a good wholesome healthy family but when families break down or members of a family die or become sick or ill, you need to have that congregation of love there to uh, not supplant but to make up that difference and to provide for those other stabilizing influences that can come with a man of righteousness in your relationship uh, or a woman of righteousness in your relationship and then this is why you would be rebuking one another we 've seen this where uh you know, a single mom is having trouble with her son and he's becoming undisciplined, and she sees there's a need for a man in uh, his life, but there isn't anybody that she has to marry, so she comes together with the congregation, and there are some men in that congregation, and when they're in gatherings, the men try to put the reins on the boy a little bit so that he has a little discipline, and immediately there's a reaction in the woman where she wants to get out of that congregation because they're trying to control her son. Now she said she came there so that her son would have the stabilizing influence of a man in his life, and as soon as that stabilizing influence <laughs> its head, she fled. Well, does she want the stabilizing influence or not? You see, that there's sometimes a reason why we have. we have... This is why forgiveness is so important. This is why giving is so important. This is why tolerance is so important. When you come together, iron sharpens iron because conflict develops. And in the resolution of that conflict, we will come face-to-face with the character of Christ in us or the lack of the character of Christ in us. The name of Christ will not be manifested in what we're doing if it's not already in our heart, it's not already in our spirit, if we haven't already made that choice. And many people haven't made that choice. An emotional altar call doesn't make that choice. It may determine that you want to go in that direction. But Jesus talks about persevering to the end. In other words, when you start going in that direction, all of a sudden you come face to face with another part. Jesus talks about casting out demons. And then those demons are cast out. He says if you don't change, more demons will come in. You have to replace the darkness in your own heart where those demons dwell with the light. That means you have to come face to face with who you are and who you have become and what you have done. And this is why confession is important and not confession confessing to me but confessing to yourself I screwed up I was unfair I was unjust I was selfish and do something about it. In uh I'm getting signals here again but I guess we're still okay it looks like we're still connected. Uh you can send, I'm not watching the chat room. Uh, that would affect the, the memory. In the chat room takes up a great deal. But if you send me an email and there's a problem, I'll take a look at it. Although I don't, I, it's very hard to read it and talk, so we'll maybe just have to wing this. Let's go on to some of these. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the days that I shall do this, saith the Lord. Do not imagine that uh that uh, you will tread down the wicked in the ways that uh the world would have you believe uh treading down the wicked is is a very interesting concept uh i've dealt with wicked men where i've had to face them uh in the open and I didn't do the treading down. I didn't make them bow down. I didn't make them afraid. I didn't stop up their mouths so they couldn't speak. But I saw that happening in front of me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was there. And and the Holy Spirit brings with him a because the Holy Spirit and, and God the Father is the Lord of hosts. And people who live in wickedness are influenced by the spiritual realm of wickedness. This lower realm we call hell and and, uh, the, the dwelling place of Satan. They are influenced by that spirit and the spirits that come from that realm. And when the Lord of hosts manifests himself with you and comes with you and you walk with that spirit, the presence of that spirit will drive away the evil spiritual wickedness that is manipulating that individual. And that individual will become literally incapacitated. It's like they're unplugged. What has given them divine guidance goes away. But it wasn't the divine guidance, it was the sub-divine guidance of Satan. And when the sub-divine guidance of Satan goes away, uh, they're lost. Their, their their gods, small g gods, are gone, and they are lost. And all their power is gone. And that works real well, but you can't make it happen. You can't conjure up the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit listens where it wills. So anyway, the Bible is telling us to bring certain things into remembrance so that we will be able to trod down the wicked, not with our own Feet and, and power, but with the power of God that walks with us, because God is walking with us, and we are in the garden again, and He is walking with us, and the wicked flee Him like cockroaches in the daylight. But now we'll go on to uh, remember ye the law of Moses, my son, which I command unto Him in Horab for all Israel. The place where God prevails, with the statutes and judgments. So this the Ten Commandments are very important in understanding. You cannot keep them with your own will. But if you really love God and and are willing to see your own sin, what did the first thing Adam did when he sinned? <laughs> Excuse me. The first thing that Adam did when he sinned was hide. He uh, he was naked. was without authority. He was walking alone. No covering of the Holy Spirit anymore. And he hid. He did not want to see this truth. And we need to see the truth of our own nakedness, our own wickedness, our own selfishness. So that we can walk in that Holy Spirit also. Because God will enter into us if we are full of darkness and hate and anger. So this is why Jesus makes it so important that we forgive and give. And how do you do that? You come together in congregations and you forgive and give. We don't tell people to leave the church that they're in. We're not trying to get you to join another church. We're trying to get you to conform to Christ. Wherever you're at. If you conform to Christ and your church is not of Christ and the spirit of your minister is not of Christ, they will cast you out. The closer you get to Christ, the more they'll want to get rid of you. But maybe there are others in your church that are going to say, you know, I like what this guy is and So maybe you won't have to be cast out alone. There will be others that are cast out with you. Nate, all this legal talk about the fact that Social Security and 501c3 churches and all this stuff is simply manifesting the fact that you are in a box of thinking that is blocking you from walking with God in the Spirit. You are in that box because you have and have been trapped in these traps, these snares. That's what Paul is talking about. What should have been for your welfare has become a snare, a trap. And so you have to turn away from that and start going another way. And you don't, it's not a jumping into the kingdom, it's turning around and seeking another way. And by setting the table to the Lord, by taking care of one another, sharing with one another, you begin to come into remembrance of that spiritual way where you can walk with God. Because Adam forgot all about that as he... Departed from the way. And Cain certainly did because he went out of the presence of God. So in Luke 22, 19, we see, And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. What is he talking about? Or should we create a little ritual where we get bread and we break that and we hand it all out to everybody. Well, you can do that. And that might help you remember. But if nobody actually s- explains what's going on, the Passover meal, which that was evidently the Passover meal, and the corpus est anum that was on the table, the corpus, was the, the lamb. The blood on the lentils was the lamb's blood. But Jesus says, I'm the lamb. It is my blood. It is my spirit. It's my soul that you should paint your lentils and your upright posts with. My character, my name, my personality that should be measuring the extent of your house on the entryway of your house. And what is my way? To give up my life so that you may have life more abundant. If you really believe in Christ, you will want to give up your life For others, you will take the time to gather together. We'll be right back after these words from your local station. And we'll talk more about this and what it means in the New Testament to those who seek the ways of God and His righteousness.
4: You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.
1: If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at libertyradiolive.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all the First Amendment rights media group programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you can request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $20. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You can do all this online at LibertyRadioLive.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at the First Amendment Rights Media Group. Fight the Fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. Liberty Radio dot com.
0: Okay, I think I'm back. And we're back on the show again. Again, technical difficulties. We had system crashes again. I thought I was going to have to call you in with the cell phone. Uh, we appear to be on. If you don't think we're on... <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. But anyway, we'll go back to talking about uh, uh, this remembrance thing. And we were talking in Luke 22 and 19... And he took bread and gave thanks and brake it and gave it unto them. And he was at was Passover feast, and he was saying that this Passover feast, this ritual of the Passover feast, was talking about his coming, that he was this lamb. But yet they were told to do that in remembrance of the day that death passed them over in Egypt and they were set free of the persona jurisdiction of the Pharaoh and were allowed to go out and practice uh, the ways of God in the kingdom of God. Most people don't realize it that Moses was leading the people in the kingdom of God. This is why Jesus could come, you know, years later and say, I'm going to, Take the kingdom away from you, referring to the Pharisees, talking to the Pharisees, and give it to another who would bear fruit. Kingdom's always been here. It's the dominion of God. It's the right to be ruled by God. And if you want to be a free soul under God, you need to follow the ways of God so that you will maintain the right to be ruled by God. You don't get the right to be ruled by God simply by personal verbal proclamation. But by doing the will of the Father, and we know you're doing the will of the Father, or at least we know you're not doing the will of the Father. If we see you coveting your neighbor's goods, and if we see you creating products that make people unhealthy, uh, and and gaining off of the the backs of others with usury, and uh. uh simply not loving one another, not congregating together and bound binding yourself in your community with love. We know that's not the Spirit of God. You're not walking with God if you're not doing that. You don't have Christ in your heart if you're not doing that. You may, you know, go to church, you may sing songs, you may praise God with your mouth, but not with your doing. And if you aren't doing it with you, you will end up in a society uh, that forces its neighbor to contribute to the welfare of that society. You will end up in a society where people can be robbed and, and beat up and stabbed with ice picks in the streets, and nobody will do anything about it because they're too busy. I got to go to church. I got to go bury my father. I got to go make some money. I got to go do this. I don't have time. Uh, freedom takes a lot of time. Liberty under God is a full-time job. And in this day and age, it's a full, full full-time job. Because the minions of Satan are everywhere. And trying to draw you and entice you and entice your children and entice your family into a world of bondage. And they've done a pretty good job of it. And the preachers have contributed to this because they haven't pointed out the fact that you're back in the bondage of Egypt again. And Christ did not come to, live, to deliver you back into the bondage that God sent Moses to deliver you out of. So if your ministers have delivered you back into the bondage of Egypt, they're not ministers of Christ, and they need to repent. And then you need to repent of making them your minister. And you need to start conforming to Christ instead of to men who just talk about Christ. In John 14:26 it says, "But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, my name again, do we call the Holy Spirit Jesus? Yeshua, is that his name? Oh, no, it's his character. It's who he is. He's going to be in conformity to what we see Christ doing. And when the Holy Spirit is guiding us, we will find ourselves sacrificing ourselves for others. Not for just any others, but for those who repent and seek the way of God. And you will see us gathering together in congregations. All those who are listening who have not reached out to His Holy Church and join the Living Network, go to hisholychurch.org, you're, you're hearing us on the internet, so you've got internet access. Click on the guy with the net and find people in your local area. Why haven't you done that yet? Why aren't you connecting with those people? And then once you connected with those people, why aren't you forming congregations? Uh, you say there's not enough people in your area. Okay, why aren't you working daily to find more people in your area? Help us syndicate... So that we get this message out to more and more people and have better equipment than we have, so that we're not constantly being broken from the connection. We could get a hard line DSL, but not where we live. We have to rent another trailer nearby to do that. Uh, and nearby, uh, the only source of DSL for 50 miles, which is from the outside door <laughs> right now, but my door is this mobile studio. Help us find the lost sheep. Help our voice get out. So people will see, hey, if you don't form a society bound together by love, if you form a society bound together by central banks and golden caps, if you create a society bound together by contracts and covenants, if you create a society that binds you together by men who carry swords and guns and will imprison you if you do not march in a straight line, then you... How can you tell me that you're following Christ? Because that's what Christ was doing. He was setting up a a system bound by love. And once you do that, you will find the people uh, living another way in that society. They won't be lording anymore. They won't be moving from fear. They won't be moving from lust. But you have to daily guard not only yourself, but your neighbor. By becoming a light so that when he begins to move in the direction of anger and resentment and and lust, that your light provides light for him when his light grows dim. This is what rebuking one another is about, rebuking one another in love and you become this plutonium of the kingdom of God that is spewing out energy all around you and giving encouragement by your presence so that people 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 find it absolutely amazing. I know guys who cuss all the time. They use swear words all the time. I mean, four-letter words just stream out of their mouth all the time. But one of them came to me one day and he says, you know, when I'm around you, I never cuss. How come? <laughs> I said, I don't know. Why? How come? How come you never cuss when you're around me? I didn't do anything. He says, he can't. He says it doesn't even come out of my mouth. I don't even have to. But when you're gone, I start cussing. I had a guy come from England. He says, when you talk to me about these things, they all makes sense. When I go back to England, he says, I can't remember what you said. I can't even remember the words of what you said. But I know it was important. He comes all the way back again. And we talk. And he says, it all comes back to me when you're there. But when you're not there, I can't remember this stuff. Now he lives in Canada. Occasionally occasionally we get calls from his family. But uh, the thing is, I, I'm not to be your life. Your managers aren't to be your life. But when we gather together, we can help one another. He was realizing this, that he was... He did not have a light of his own. He must have had some light because he recognized the truth. And you know, I have other people that I'll, I'll talk to about these things, you know, one-on-one, and I say, you know, I hear you speaking, but it's like you're speaking another language. I can't understand a single word you're saying. I mean, actually, it sounds like gibberish to them. It sounds like I'm speaking in tongues, but I'm speaking English. But, uh... They they don't have a place to hear this truth. So, those that you hear, now, that's a gift. If you hear the truth in what I'm saying, that's a gift to you from God, not, not a gift to you from me. That's a gift to you from God. Now, what are you going to do with that? Because that's your talent that God has given you. Now, you can bury it and do nothing about it. Say, oh, well, that was interesting, and then go on, you know, what's on the other you know? or you start coming together. Because that's what you're doing in remembrance. That you actually have to break the bread of what you receive and share it with another. That's what Passover was about. Families coming into one house and sharing. And I've explained how that works. Uh, you might have a big family, but I bet you can't eat a whole sheep in one night. you got to bring a family in to consume that It could be western food. And they, Israelites didn't want to waste food, especially meat. So, you know how fond they were of their meat. So they would have to bring in other people. And they, this goes back to Isabel's question. You know what do you do when you're you're a single, single woman and your family is broken up, or, or your husband died, or left, or whatever. Well, you have to invite other people into your life. And they invite you into theirs. And you become a part of their extended family. Become Aunt Isabel. And that now you've got a new family. I mean, it's, it's all about adoption. One to another. You know, Moses was adopted. Jesus was adopted by Joseph. You know, the... I call you brothers. call you sons because you serve the Father. Matthew 9.16 And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? You see the same quote in Mark 10.17, Luke 18.18, and a similar one in John 3.15 when they're talking about eternal life. But people love John 3.15 because they say whoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. What does that mean, believe in Him? What was His answer to the people in Matthew 19.16? It's really very simple. It goes on to say, And He said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, if you remember Matthew 19, 16, 17, then when you read John three fifteen, you understand that whosoever believeth in him should not perish believe it in him means you have to believe what he said in John 19.17 keep the commandments somehow or other an eschatology has come about where no you don't have to keep the commandments that was nailed to the cross you just have to believe your sins are already forgiven you already got to get out of jail card you know which is Christ you just whip out that card anytime you're in trouble and you're all forgiven boy that is that easy religion You don't even have to take care of the widows and orphans anymore. And the needy of your society, you don't have to do that. You're already forgiven. You're already in. You're saved. Because you believe. But you don't believe what he said. If you love me, keep my commandments. His commandments is to keep the commandments. In 18, it goes on to say, And he saith unto him, which Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. What's Jesus reciting? In 19, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It's in commandments. What's Jesus doing in the Old Testament? The Old Testament is a part of the New Testament. It is one of the witnesses. Now, not the Old Testament according to what we see as the Pharisees. Now, I don't want to give all Pharisees a bad name. Some Pharisees became Christians. There were a lot of different kinds of Pharisees. It's like lumping all Christians into this group. If if you are keeping the commandments, you can't be coveting your neighbors. But you can't want anything that is your neighbor's. You cannot want to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. You cannot do that without violating the Ten Commandments. And if you're violating the Ten Commandments, you're not doing what Jesus said. If you're not doing what Jesus said, then you don't love Him. If you don't love Him, you don't believe in Him. Then you're not saved. You need to repent and seek the ways of the kingdom, the ways of Christ, ways of righteousness. Well, we haven't broken uh, our connection now. Uh, There may be difficulties uh, in keeping this connection uh, when we have more than one phone call, so I'm not going to be taking any other phone calls right now. You can do it anyway because Paul's not on. Um, We may have to do something different. If you have questions, get on the Loving Network and start submitting them during the week. And I take notes of a lot of the questions that come during the week on the whole network all across the country and Australia and wherever and then I try to conform and, and answer those questions the best I can of the Holy Spirit that is leading me. And and some of the other men now that are in the network, I can see them coming up with these answers before I even do. I can tell they're hey, they're on the same call that I'm on if they're coming up with the same answers. And so that's what we need is to build that network of men who are listening to the Holy Spirit. We're still spread out, it's like the, the the we're still spread out quite a bit. But we start filling in those thousand points of light, and then we will create a network that it binds it up together with that love, and that net will hold. Because there's coming a time where there'll be a great surge as the sun of righteousness rises and people will begin to awaken, at the same time, hell will be empty because all the demons will be here. And you will see love again. And It will be first in the spirit and it will be one in the spirit, but it will also manifest itself in the flesh, but it will not be fleshly things that win this battle. It will be spiritual things. So if you want to be the ultimate survivalist, return the ways of the Holy Spirit. Start walking with God. There you have an ally. Because he is the Lord of hosts. In Timothy twelve we say, Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Have you been doing that? Is your walk, your daily walk, a profession before many witnesses? Are you speaking one to another? Are you communing not only with the Holy Spirit, but with, with each other? This is the thing. Love God, love one another. That communion of love with God must manifest itself in love with one another. If it does not, you have buried your talent and your talent will be taken away. And you will not be saved by the blood of Jesus because you will have no access to the blood of Jesus because you have not forgiven, nor have you given. Giving and forgiving are one and the same thing. In Acts 10.31 we see, And said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. And thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Your alms. That's your giving. In John ten twenty-seven, we see Jesus saying, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. It is not your complex eschatology that will bring you into the remembrance of the sight of God. It's it's your almsgiving giving and your actions, giving of yourself, knowing that will give you life more abundance. So yeah, it's not a completely pure you know, our love is not completely pure, but as we walk in the spirit of Christ according to his name, he will enter into us and guide us and we will walk with him. And we will also walk with his hosts. In Mark eleven twenty five, we say, And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespass. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespass. You know, when you're part of the social security system, the Corbin or the Pharisees, whatever you want to call it, you pay in every month, every year to that system to take care of the widows and orphans. And that's a good thing that you take care of the widows and orphans in any of your society. I hope you've elected good priests in order to do this so that they strengthen the poor. Because if you've elected priests and ministers in your church, which is the state, that's who takes care of that the religion that you belong to, because religion is taking care of the... it's how you take care of the needy of your society. Pure religion is doing this without the help of the world, but doing it through faith, hope, and charity. In pure religion, you're still doing it. And that's a good thing that you do. It would be better if you did it in pure religion. But, having that social security system is a good thing. If you're not going to follow the ways of God, at least you're doing that. If If you're not taking care of the widows and orphans in your church and you're not paying in Social Security. You're the wicked amongst the wicked. You haven't even been faithful with the unrighteous. You won't take care of the widows and orphans by faith and hope and charity, but you won't even take care of them by contract. you false witness by saying that you're a member, but you won't pay in. But know this, that paying in is to take care of the needy at the time you pay in. It is not for taking care of you. You have faith in the system. Force your neighbor to take care of you when you have need. But your faith in force is not a faith in God. Until John the Baptist, the kingdom of God, was established by force. But John said, "Oh, no, charity, not force. What does your minister say? Does he say take care of one another to charity? Or take care of one another by going to the priests of the state and paying your contribution, your Corbin, your sacrifice to them. Because they will guarantee that when you need help, they will force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. Is that the church you belong to? Or do you belong to the church established by Christ? You see the problem here? Now, you say, but I have a right to that social security. 'Cause I paid into it. Well you paid into it to take care of those needy. But do you have the right to force people to take care of you now? Or will you forgive debt? When I left social security system decades ago in the, of the ministry, I forgave them. He owe me nothing. I could actually collect social security now. I paid into it. But I won't. I forgive the debt. So that I may have life more abundant. You see how this forgiveness goes a lot farther than sitting in the pew saying, Yeah, I forgive him. It's easy to say that. It's not so easy to do that. Are you willing to forgive? Are you ready to set the table of the Lord? Now, I'm not saying it off office, Social Security, that's the only way you have to make a living the time and energy you have to set the table of the Lord. Because the unrighteous will fail. And if you're in the system and you're using the numbers, pay your taxes. This is what Jesus to pay him. But at night, in your spare time, there's a joke around our house, spare time, start seeking the kingdom with all your heart all your mind you've created an Alice in Wonderland economy where you have to run as fast as you can just to stay where you are if you want to get God you have to run twice as fast in other words you're going to have to put some overtime on this you're going to have to really start sacrificing I don't care if you contribute to us Contribute in your local community. But start looking for ways in which to help one another. And start organizing yourself according to the ways of God. Look out on yourselves and you trust. But if ye not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. What are your trespasses? You've coveted your neighbor's goods. You've gone horn after unbelievers and made covenant with them who are unbelievers. Those that don't believe that you can have a society based on charity and love. They don't believe in Christ. They believe, oh, we have to have this. Because people won't take, you know, if we're going to have a health clinic, we have to put it on the tax rolls. (coughs) You don't have to. You do if you don't have Christ, but if you have Christ, you don't have to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. You have legions and hosts at your disposal. In Second Peter 1, we see Simon Peter's servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained, like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now you have to remember these people he's talking about, they're out of the system. They've opted out. They're already daily having to take care of one another. Those have share with those that own it. They're in another system have another system of ID that's given out to the church. What's the church? It's the men that are called out. The church in the wilderness was the Levites and now these ministers are the Levites of their day. The ministers of their day to serve you as the government of God. Titular leaders with no power and authority except over what thing you give them but never over you. So anyway, we're going to go to another break and... uh, That's probably somebody calling me because we're at the break, and uh, we'll be right back.
4: I pledge allegiance to the King of kings and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, one holy nation under the Heavenly Father, with grace, mercy, and justice for all.
2: The Greatest Prophecy DVD of Cross the Border Productions. Embrace the little-known but greatest prophecy given by the great high priest, The pre-incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold the end times in Daniel chapter 2. Because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven year great tribulation. Deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion, because, if
1: it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect.
2: Be forewarned. America, in prophecy, exposed for all to see. The mark of the beast, no, it's not a biochip. A much better and more secure technology is already here, and you are already using it. We will bonus you with a free copy of Richard Bennett's DVD, The Inquisition, when you send a support donation of $25 to First Amendment Radio. Visit the shopping page at our website or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue. Tulare, California, 93274. Make copies and give them away. Send $25 cash or 3250 US for international priority mail. That's First Amendment Radio, 139 East Toleri Avenue. Toleri, Tulare Avenue, Tulare, T U L A R E, California, 93274. A wise man is forewarned and prepares. For the time to come, the greatest prophecy, DVD.
1: If you read the history books, the most often asked questions of Southerners was this why did you fight? And the most often given answer is because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South.
2: Was it the Civil War or? War of Federal Aggression. John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War War, of Federal Aggression. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Get this DVD for a donation of $25
1: from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. 559-781-3773.
0: Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm on again this time with Paul Bethke. His system crashed and I had to log in again, so we've had a lot of technical difficulties. Uh, But it looks like we're back on. Uh, If you're in the chat room and you have a question, I'm not going to take any more calls. I don't know if that puts a strain on our system here, but... uh, uh, with the third caller it may be putting too much memory in I don't know what the deal is but uh, if you have a question get to the chat room at uh, which you'll find links on at liberty live dot and uh, uh, ask your question there and uh, Paul will relay that to me and I'll answer your question I think what we're going to have to do in the future is that like I say everybody should be on the living network and uh, many of your questions are repeated over and over again. So we're going to, I, I monitor stuff that goes on in the Living Network and I see questions. And I've got about three or four Dear Network messages ready to go out. Uh, but we're going to be on this new radio station uh, today. Also another show this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And uh, I won't mention it on this station. I don't know if that's okay or permitted, but you can find out on Living Network And uh, it went out in the Kingdom News letter, which everybody should be a member of. You can also get on that at hisholychurch.org. And we'll show you what the early church was doing because that was setting people free. That was not only setting them free, but it was providing for a system whereby they could survive freedom. Because most people today would not survive freedom, and I can guarantee you tomorrow and in the future, They will not survive freedom because things will get hard. But free people during hard times just get stronger. And they prosper during hard times because they love one another. Not so free people don't love one another, and during hard times they start eating each other. You know, it's the Donner Party Kingdom. Got a little chuckle out of Nitsa who's here in the studio with me. <laughs> uh, Donner party. They they got caught in the snow. The hard things that come in the passes, is uh, trying to go out to California. And before they were done, they were eating each other. I don't think they were actually eating each other to eat each other. The, there was no food. They'd eaten their oxen and they'd eaten everything they had and the, they were going to die there in the winter if they didn't eat more, and there were people already dying, and they began to eat each other. So, but in the kingdom of God, I mean, you don't want to be in a survivalist camp when the beans run out, because they're all interested in personally surviving, but in the kingdom of God, we're interested in your survival as much as we are interested in our own. And to be fair to the Donner Party, there were people that were saying, you know, they were suggesting that you do this, and then we actually had people who were caught in a, uh, a plane crash in the Andes, and they had the same thing that they, you know they were starving. They said, "Well, eat us, you know, and when we die you know, because they didn't want you to die too, and you know, it's, it's a morbid thought, but the fact is is that the principle is the fact that we see people doing this, uh, mothers starving themselves to feed their children during the starvation in the Ukraine. You know, uh, this is people who self-sacrifice each other. They do hard times because they care about one another. And that muscle in our spiritual life is atrophied in this system of socialism where you don't even pay for your child's education. You don't pay for your child's health care. You expect others to do it and you hire men to force them to do it. That is not Christ. So in Second Peter one one, we see Peter addressing people who were doing this and on the way to some very hard times in one hundred AD, one hundred fifty AD, one hundred sixty AD, there were tremendously hard times that came during those generations. And Christians prospered. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and goodliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Wait, how did the divine power give them all these things? That divine power is working through one another. Feed my sheep. If Peter was to do that, we are to do for each other. People don't quite understand in the kingdom of God in in tens, hundreds, and thousands which manifested as the kingdom of God throughout history where ten families get together and pick a minister. Those elders of each of those families have a tremendous burden of responsibility to keep their minister honest. He is not there because... He has studied the Word and He knows better than you because you're an idiot. You're idiotous. You're a non-participator in the world. You're a self-starter. You're self-motivated. And and when I say self-motivated, you're motivated in your own spirit. And hopefully that spirit is the Holy Spirit. And you bring the Holy Spirit into the, the congregational, not the pastor. Now, hopefully the pastor does too. But each of you support the pastor with your spirit. Not just with money, but with your rebuke at times, if needed. With your counsel at times, if needed. With the character of Christ in you. Each of you are ministers to your minister that he may play a functional role in keeping track of the other nine members of your congregation because you can't run to everybody's house every day. But he could. The Oconus, The dusty feet. Why? Because he's going from house to house to make sure, rightly dividing the bread, make sure you you have enough. Do you, you have enough? Do you have enough? Do you have enough? And then he comes back and he says, Hey, Joe, you know, you. I see you've got a little extra. These guys over here have a shortfall. They're, they're going to need help. And... You minister to your brothers through your minister, because he it's a full time job. He's health, educational, welfare, and he is keeping you connected with nine other congregations, so that you, through the Lord of Hosts, can come to each other's aid and timely. Such a simple program, but it runs on the energy of love. So according to the divine power working in, into each elder within the congregation, the whole congregation is paired for through the service of the minister, not the ruling authority of that minister, according as his divine power hath given unto us, unto us individually, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature... By doing this, by this sacrificing of yourself for each other, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What lust? Coveting your neighbor's goods. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your virtue and virtue knowledge. So now we're talking, you cannot operate this system without virtue. When Jesus was touched by the woman, he felt the virtue go out of him. He wasn't short on virtue, it just fills up again, because that virtue comes from God. But he felt the energy go out. I, I would share with you some things that just happened in my own household last night. That, you know, and I've seen this before. I'll just use this as a previous example. that, By touching a person's feet, washing them in the spirit of forgiveness, you can help heal them of illness. You can, just like that woman was healed. That's a real thing. That's a day-to-day thing in the kingdom. By getting down on your knees and washing the feet in the Holy Spirit of your your brothers and your sisters and your wife and your children, you can heal them of life-threatening diseases in an instant. Because you are partakers of that divine spirit by which Christ healed. Why aren't there healings constant in your church? Why does everybody have to get all worked up emotionally to supposedly create a healing? Christ wasn't doing all that. He could heal the Roman centurion's son without even showing up. That woman wouldn't have had to touch the hem of Jesus, but she believed that she had to touch it. But in the action of her belief, she was a partaker. Does your belief have action? Are you gathering together with others? Are you spending your extra spare time to find the others to even gather with? And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge. Then this knowledge, this knowing of God will come. But if He gives you a little insight into knowing that you do nothing about it, then you will not get more knowing. You are burying your talent again, and it will take it away, and you will forget. And the world will give you all kinds of eschatologies to remember instead of a knowing of God. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. You will not be unfruitful. Even in hard times, suddenly there will be provision. But you have to be giving and forgiving to be that partaker. You have to turn faith into virtue and virtue into knowledge. By the doing, by the seeking. These are action words. These aren't sit in the pew, let it happen for you words. The kingdom of heaven doesn't come through observation, but by doing the will of the Father. So those of you who have not signed up for the network yet, why not? This is the avenue in which we can try to gather with other people. Because you don't have anything you need? Is that why you haven't? Well, you you don't join the network of the kingdom because you have need. You join because others may have needs that you could provide. You join for what you could give. Not what you could receive, because it's better to give than to receive. She said, Oh, I don't need to join, I don't need anything. Well, you probably don't need to join because you wouldn't be any good there anyway. <laughs> if you have something to give, join so that you give, so that you may receive life more abundant. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. It goes on to say, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You will forget. You will not see things far off. But Seeing things far off is is actually a burden, because uh, although they're not as far off as they used to be, <laughs> they're creeping up on you, folks. There is no time to waste. People, ask, how much time do we have? You have no time to waste. That's how much time you have, because you have no time to waste are gathering together. Start forming those congregations of record. Start organizing yourselves from the bottom up. Start seeking out people who want to live by faith, hope, and charity. Who want to do the will of God. Not so that they can be put up on a pedestal. Not so that they can be taken care of by you. But so that they can actually help take care of you. Because that's what they want to do. They want to give of themselves. Where are those people? Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. So I would assume if you do not these things, you have fallen already. so oh, an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. you have to die to get into the kingdom of heaven? I mean, physically die? No, you have to die to sin. You have to die to selfishness. You have to die to pride. You have to die to unforgiveness. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not for the dead. It's for the living. But we have been led away from it. We have been brought under a strong delusion. We have to repent and turn back. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the presence, present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, this body to stir you up, to putting you in remembrance. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to put you into remembrance of what the kingdom was. These people were the entire social welfare of the Christian. They were all Christians. They had stepped out of the social welfare systems of Rome, the free breaded circuses. They had stepped out of the social welfare system of Corbin, of the Pharisees. They no longer could get those benefits them at the temple. They got benefits at the temple, but it was the apostles who were providing them. We need to repent and go back to that, because the system, this unrighteous mammon will fail. But that isn't the really reason that we need to get back to it. I know that that will fail. I see things far off. It doesn't take a profit to see it. now, because even the government itself is saying it will fail. Everything. I mean, you even see it on the news media. But people don't want to think about it because it's too frightening. Life without guarantees. But it's not frightening to people of faith. And you need... I will therefore put you in remembrance. In Jude 1.5 it says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. Have you returned to Egypt? Why? Because you believed not. Well, maybe you believe not because your minister didn't tell you. Your minister told you not. (laughs) Nothing. Nada. He did not tell you the fullness of the gospel of the kingdom. He said all you have to do is believe. But believe in what? Do you believe in faith? Do you believe in hope? Do you believe in charity? Or do you believe in forcing your neighbor to contribute your welfare? Do you believe in the souls of this world? You corrupt them by your apathy, by your sloth. Slothful should be under tribute, and that's why you're under tribute because been slothful in the ways of God. And the angel which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Are you chained in darkness that you cannot see the righteousness of the ways of God? Do you believe in the ways of God? Sodom and Gomorrah, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication, doing after strange flesh are forth for an example, are set forth for an example suffereth the vengeance of eternal fire. What was the sin of Sodom? In a time of affluence, they did not strengthen the poor. This sin of fornicating with other ways, fornicating with the wicked, fornicating with these other ideas that it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods. This is the fornication we're talking about. What will that lead to? It will lead to a breakdown in the family. It will lead to strange lusts. It will lead to homosexuality. These are the symptoms of the problem. They are not the problem. They are the symptoms of the problem. This is what comes about when you have a diseased heart. What is a diseased heart? A heart is at disease. Disease with what? Disease with the ways of God. You're not comfortable with the ways of God, you're not comfortable with giving and forgiving. And so, neither will you be forgiven. You need to change your ways. You need to repent. You need to turn around. And that's why I'm speaking now, is to put you in remembrance. Uh, we have somebody in Tennessee, George Roddenbush, who's gone into jail. Uh, it's somebody I've met. He's He's not really been good at networking with us, but he has a local network. And uh, he's been the subject of corruption. And I'm getting uh, co- his contact minister is giving us, uh, wants us to mention that. So he's in the Tennessee area. And if anybody has any information in the Tennessee area, get on our network and help us find out what's going on. I think he's the victim of local Uh, corruption there there's a great deal of corruption in that area uh, like I said on a previous show a lot of people were arrested in government there by the uh, federal government for uh, conspiracy etc but there's a lot that haven't been arrested and and George may be a victim of this I know he's been they've brutalized him he's really a nice sweet guy it seems like I don't believe that he committed any crime I don't have any evidence that he has but they've got him in jail and his life is probably in jeopardy there. So we need people on the ground. And Jesus said, Attend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith faith. If you look up his name on the internet, you'll probably find it. Just Google George Rob Bush, R A U D E N B U S H. And he's in Tennessee. And Uh, Unfortunately, his network is not well connected with ours, but uh, uh, maybe we can do something about that. And uh, he may be safer if they know that people outside the area are keeping an eye on his welfare. Uh, And I've seen this work before. Uh, I won't go into all the atrocities. I've been involved with law since I was a small boy. My father was an attorney. And the corruption back in the 60s was... Rampant in many parts of the South, I'm sure, in many parts of the North Chicago area, and the dust corruptions are still there. Corruption is always there where you empower men with too much power. And uh, we need to check into that. That's part of that caring. There are people that need help all over. There are people are waiting for the opportunity of I remember when there were storms in the Midwest. Uh, everybody on the network were calling each other to try to find out if anybody needed help, but everybody was so prepared that nobody needed help, and we were actually a little disappointed <laughs> that we couldn't help anybody. But uh, when uh, the possibility of nuclear power plant uh, overheating along the river there and uh, some people that were near that might having to evacuate, we had people on the network volunteering to bring them into their houses, uh and uh, provide for them if they had to suddenly evacuate their area. Uh, this is the spirit that we want to continue to develop, but it means we need to make the network grow. We don't want you to come because you're always afraid and you want somebody to help you out so that you can survive. We want you to come because you want to help others. Not only help others when they have needs, but help others learn how to give and forgive. So, anyway... Uh, Get a hold of us. Uh, Mike's in Florida, but uh, we do have other people in the Tennessee area. And you can join by going to hisholychurch.org. Drop down menu under the guy with a net. Join the local network in your area. Start meeting the people there. Start communicating. Most of the communication on the network is not online. We don't want to depend on an on- online network like Facebook. Uh, we're dependent on it actually meeting people face to face and getting to know uh, Darren who's here in the studio he's not online much he comes from a fairly remote community a lot of Amish background in his life uh, so he doesn't get online so if you want to keep in touch with him you have to use other means uh, yeah write a letter <laughs> uh, there are actually ways to get a hold of him with phone calls etc. too uh, we're coming to the end of the program uh we have to uh, not be a part of the filthy dreamers that defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. And uh, that's going to be a full time job in the days ahead. So, uh, till next week, or till you see us on the show this afternoon at 3 o'clock, I may peace be with you, and I may be, I bless you and open your eyes and harvest to the king. God bless.